Okay, good morning everyone. Today's learning should be for Refuah Shlema from Masha Bas Pesha, who needs a Refuah Shlema. Okay, and for all Chola Yisrael. Okay, so we are actually on Tesvav Amad Aleph. Um, we're, on the, we're on the bottom. We started this last week. We're going to pick up from the bottom two lines. Uh, we're going to do quite a bit of Gemara today, and then the next two days we're going to be discussing the concept of women and Megillah. How they interplay between Afhein Hayubosuanes. What does that, that mean? That famous statement by Yeshua and Levi that women are obligated in certain mitzvos. We'll see which three mitzvos in a couple minutes, but they're obligated in three mitzvos. How does this what is their obligation in Mikra Megillah? So on and so forth. So we are on the bottom of Tesvava Manalaf. We started this last week, but we're gonna have to finish the Gemara today to finish the topic. So the Gemara says, if you recall, our Mishnah had a machlokas between the Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Huda said, if someone went and said Priyashma low, that it was not audible, you are um, you are Yotze. We're not sure if it was Lechatchila or the Or Yossi said you're not Yotze. So the Gemara now is going to bring a question. Three lines from the bottom. Tanan Hassan. We have a Mishnah in Megillah that says, Hakol Kesherim Likros Megillah. Everyone is allowed to go ahead and to read the Megillah, except Chutz Mecheresh Shotavikatan. Except for someone who cannot hear, he can speak. Again, we said traditionally a Cheresh is a deaf mute. But in our case, it's someone who can speak, obviously, if he's going to read the Megillah, but he can't hear himself. A, so that type of cheresh, someone who is deaf, a shota, someone who has limited mental capacity, and a katan, someone under the age of bar mitzvah, cannot read. Rabbi Huda machshir bekatan. Rabbi Huda says no, a katan can read, and it seems to be <clears throat> that this mishnah can theoretically be aligned with our mishnah. What does that mean, Mantana? Who is the Tana that says cheresh dieved? Nami lo, who is the who is the mandarma that says even a cheresh, even b'diavid, if a if a deaf person went ahead and said the megillah but did not hear himself that he's not yotze, that Rav Masna says Rabbi Yosi, he must be like Rabbi Yosi because in our Mishnah Rabbi Yosi says this not a korish shmav l'shmila azno div Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yosi Omer lo yatsa. It must be Rabbi Yosi, just like Rabbi Yosi said that if you say shma and you couldn't hear yourself, you're not yotze. So too, if you said Shman, you could, if you said the Megillah and you couldn't hear yourself, meaning a Cheresh, someone who's deaf, read the Megillah for everyone, he's not Yotzei. So the Gemara wants to align our case of Shma similar to Megillah. Just as Megillah, we said there that you're not Yotzei, anyone can read the Megillah except a Cheresh Shotekotan, a deaf mute. In this case, he's not a mute, but a deaf person, a Cheresh, limited intelligence, and a Katan cannot read it. We get to Rabbi Huto says you can, but the Gemara said, the Mishnah says, Hakol Kishem Likros Hasa Megillah. Anyone can read a Megillah ex- and be motzi other people except a Cheresh, a deaf person, a Shot and a Katan. So the Gemara says, who is that like? That must be like our Rabbi Yossi in our Mishnah who said that if you don't hear Shema, you're not Yossi. The Gemara says, Mimai Rabbi Yossi, how do you know that that's really Rabbi Yossi in that Mishnah, <clears throat> the Evan Namilo? And he says that even Bidiyevet, a Cheresh and Shota, cannot read the Megillah. Dilma, really, it's like our Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda. Really, it's like the, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda's the one that said, the Chatchilo, Hudulo, Hadiyevet, Shaper, Dami. If you remember, in our Mishnah, we're not sure exactly what Rabbi Yehuda holds. We know that Rabbi Yossi says that if you didn't hear Shema, even Bidiyevet, you're not Yotze. And we know that Rabbi Yehuda says, that one should hear himself, but and if you didn't, you're still Yotze. Maybe he says you only lechatchila, but bidiyevet you would be Yotze. In that case, 
Maybe this Mishnah in, in Megillah can go to Rabbi Yehuda. Lechatchila hutalo. Just by what our Mishnah means to say that only lechatchila a cheresh cannot read. Meaning, optimally, the cheresh should have to hear himself. But, Hadievit Shaperdami, but Bidievit, he would be Yotze. Gemara says, Losakadaich, that can, can't be. Why? Because we're, that would mean that we'd be distinguished between a Cheresh, a Shot, and a Katan. The Mishnah and Megillah lumps the three together. It says, everyone can read the Megillah out loud except those three people Cheresh, Shot, and a Katan. So we know that even Bidievit, a Katan, and even Bidievit, a Shota, is not Yotze. So why would we say that a cheresh would be Yotzei B'diyevet? If the Mishnah seems to be lumping all three together, presumably the same halacha applies to all three. Because it, it would break the pattern. Exactly. It lumped it together. It didn't say, it just said cheresh Shotvakatan cannot read. Everyone can't read except those three. So it's not fair to say that the first two, are, you can't read L'Chathchila B'diyevet, but the third one, you can't, they shouldn't read L'Chathchila B'diyevet, they would be Yotzei. That'd be breaking the pattern. It seems to be lumped together. So Gemara says, don't say that, because... Don't say that B'diyevet, a Cheresh, would be okay, that if a deaf person reads the Megillah, it would be okay. B'diyevet, why? When it puts the three together, it implies that a Cheresh is similar <coughs> to a Shota and a Katan. Just like a Shota, a limited intelligence, and a Katan, some of the other little age of Bar Mitzvah, if they were to read, they would not be able to say even B'diyevet, Therefore, that would mean that even a cheresh b'diavid would not be able to read, and therefore, it cannot be like Rabbi Yehuda. Gemara continues. So, despite what Jason said that they grouped them together, which he was correct, the Gemara is saying maybe who cares? So they grouped them together. It doesn't necessarily mean they all have the same halacha. It means lechatchila those three can't read, but maybe the eved hakidisa Maybe you could split them up. That a shota and a katan would be possible even B'diyevet if they read, read the Megillah, meaning they would not discharge the adult's obligation if they read it for somebody else. But a Cheresh is only possible for Chatechila, but B'diyevet, he would be Motzi, other one, everyone else's obligation when he reads. Gemara says, that, that would be very hard to understand. How could you explain the first part of that Mishnah like Rabbi Huda? If you look at that Mishnah, it says, likros, and then the end says, Rabbi Huda Machsher. So if the first opinion was Rabbi Yehuda, how could it say the end opinion, but Rabbi Yehuda says it's kosher? It doesn't make sense that they're both Rabbi Yehuda. If it says the first statement to the Mishnah and Megillah says, Hakol kesherim likrosas Megillah, everyone is kosher to read the Megillah from the Bima, except the chei reshot of a katan. But Rabbi Yehuda says a katan is okay. But he's, he doesn't make sense that the first statement is Rabbi Yehuda, if they're claiming the second statement is the name of Rabbi Yehuda, who argues on the first statement. Someone says they can't be. Question: What is katan? It can be great. That's the most answer now. But before we get to the distinguishing between the types of katan, whether you was of, of educationable age or not educationable age or impressionable age, it's still at this point we don't make that difference, and it doesn't make sense to say the first part is Rabbi Yehuda if the second part is saying, but Rabbi Yehuda says you can do it. Then the it's first part is not exactly. Mara says no. Maybe it is Rabbi Yehuda to Ayal's point. Maybe both statements are Rabbi Yehuda, but really well, this is what it means. The Dilma Kula Rabbi Yehuda. Maybe the entire mission in Megillah is really authored by Rabbi Yehuda. Who Gavni Katan? There are two different types of Katan that we're dealing with here. V'chasuri Mechserav Hachitani. There's a gap in the text, and this is what the Mishnah meant to say. Hakol Kesher and Likros Megillah. Everyone is allowed to read the Megillah. Chutz Mechayre Shot Rakatan, except. For a cheresh shot in a katan, 
And the Gemara says, and w- this was what was missing, but what really, and what are we talking about? That a katan is posel, lechatchila, bekatan shloegila gilchinach. They're talking about a six-year-old, a seven-year-old. So they cannot read the Megillah, even lechatchila. However, the Gemara would continue, the Mishnah would continue, aval katan shegila chinach, when you're dealing with a 12-year-old, afil lechatchila's kosher, even lechatchila can read for other people because it's chayim mitrabanan, just like we adults are chayim mitrabanan. Divir Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda machshir bekatan. How do you know that a person that a katan shegila chinuch can read the Megillah? Because Rabbi Yehuda says he's machshir bekatan. I, what type of katan? A katan shegila chinuch after the age of twelve. But when he said the beginning statement, when a katan can never read the Megillah, he's talking about a seven-year-old. But when he said, he allows you to read, we're talking about a 12-year-old. Okay. <clears throat> Gemara says, we're almost finished with this piece. <clears throat> Gemara says, So one second, let's just understand this. So you're telling me now that you're establishing the mission entirely like Rabbi Yehuda, that what? That, that the entire, both statements of the mission of Megillah, that by the Eved, you can read the Megillah with a katan, but lechatchil or a cheresh, for that matter. But lechatchil alone, that would be a problem. Because basically, what you're saying is that lechatchil it would not be good, and b'diavid it would be good. So right now we have Rabbi Yossi who says even b'diavid it's not good. Rabbi Huda would say lechatchil no, but b'diavid yes. But then we run into the following problem. Elahadasani, Rabbi Huda bereid Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi. We have another mission that says cheresh a deaf person. Who cannot, who can speak but cannot hear, Torim Lechatchila can separate Truma Lechatchila even though he can't hear his own bracha. So we just said that Rabbi Huda is going to say by the case of Megillah that Lechatchila it's not good if he can't hear, but B'diavid it is good. Now we run into a problem because we have this third Mishnah that says even Lechatchila, if you can't hear the bracha by Truma, you can separate Truma. But we just said Rabbi Huda said Lechatchila no. But B'diyavet, if you have a katan, if you have a 12-year-old, then it's okay. But L'chadchila, it's still no good. <clears throat> Meaning, optimally, if you can't hear the bracha, or you can't hear the Megillah, you cannot say it. But here we have another case where you have a deaf person, and he's Torah L'chadchila. He can't hear the bracha for Truma, but he can go in and separate even L'chadchila. That doesn't go like Rabbi Huda or like Rabbi Yossi. Look, Rabbi Huda, look, Rabbi Yossi. The Rabbi Huda, we just said the Evid in L'chadchila low. We just said according to Rabbi Huda, L'chatchila, you cannot say Megillah if you can't hear yourself. And Rabbi Yossi says, even by the Eved, you can't. And here we're giving a case by Truma, L'chatchila, if you can't hear it, you can do it. So this doesn't go like any of our opinions. The Gemara says, Elamai, it must be that Rabbi Huda, it must be like Rabbi Huda, and he holds even L'chatchila, you, even if you, um, you're, you can go ahead and read Shema, even if you can't hear it. And then, but then, what do we do with the following case? In other words, the Gemara, there are three different Mishnahis and only two opinions. There's a problem here. The Gemara says, if you can tell me that Behuda says, even Lechatchila by Shema, if I cannot hear, if I don't say it audibly, I'm okay, meaning I don't have to go into Shema saying it loud that I can hear it, then you have a problem from the other Mishnah we discussed. We said, Brisa says, A person should never go ahead and say, so low, just mumbles it that he can't hear it. But in Birech but if you, but if the Eved, if he said it very low, you're Yotze. Mani, who's that like? It's not Rabbi Yehuda and Lord Rabbi Yossi, because we just heard Rabbi Yehuda says, even Lechatchila, you can go ahead and separate Truma. Even Lechatchila, you can say Shema inaudibly. But our case here says that you can't bench inaudibly. So Lord Rabbi Yossi, 
The Rabbi Huda, because you just said, I feel it's he would say it's okay. And if it's Rabbi Yossi, we said, even with the evidence, it's not okay. So this case of Berch Samozin, that differentiates the Chatrila, you, you cannot say it low, but B'diavad you can, doesn't fit according to either of our opinions. Again, because Rabbi Huda, we thought, says, even L'Chatchila you can say it low. Rabbi Yossi says, even B'diavad you can't. And this middle position, who is that like? So Laura says, really, it's not a problem. This is just, this is just tennis, back and forth, who the opinions are. But really, the, the halacha we'll get to in a second. And that's the bottom line. Anyway, the Ogmar says, the Olam Rabbi Yehudi really is Rabbi Yehuda. Our Mishnah says that when he says that you do not have to hear it, even the Chatrila, you can say Shema low enough that no one hears it, even you, Velokasha. It's not a question. Here he's saying the name of Elizabeth Azariah, and here he's saying his own opinion. So there actually are three opinions. It does not contradict himself. Nor says the Sanya. Here's the third opinion. Who's, he's quoting the name of his Rebbe. If you notice Rebbe Huda saying the name of Elizabeth Nazariah, one who goes ahead and says Shema must say it loud enough that he can hear. Again, this is You have to say it loud enough, but the not. Who is that like? That's Elizabeth Nazariah. Shema Yisrael, hear what you are saying. Rabbi Huda is the one, Rabbi Meir says, what about it? It says, that suggests that as long as it's within your heart, it doesn't have to be said loud enough that it's audible, but as long as it's within your heart, you should be fine. And therefore, even L'Chatchila, you do not need to have to say it audibly. That will be the opinion of Rabbi Huda in the name of Elizabeth Nazariah. And the Gemara says, if that's the case, then you can say it's not a question because you have different opinions. Now, now that you came to this, to the opinion of Rabbi Meir, that lechatchila, you don't have to say it out loud because it's in your heart, we would require it. He's giving a different opinion. Those are the possibilities. But lahalacha, how do we pass? And this is the key. Amr of Chistam, Rabbi Shila, halacha, Rabbi Yehuda, Shemr, Lezim, Nazaria, halacha, Rabbi Yehuda. The Allah is like Rabbi Lezim Nazar, that Lechatchila, we would want you to go ahead and say Shema loud enough. This is important to listen up, no pun intended, that when we say Shema, one should say it loud enough that we hear. But the Allah is like Rabbi Huda, that Lechat, you are still Yotze, even if you'd said it low. Utsricha, and it needs to tell us that the opinion is like both. Why? I would think even the Chatrila, you must say it loud enough, and you'd be Yotze, meaning if the opinion, we need to know both. We need to know the Bidiyevet and the Chatrila. Because if it only told me the Lachazar Behuda, I would just know that Lachatrila, you don't have to say it loud enough. Therefore, it comes to tell me in the name of Lazar Benazar, you have to say it loud enough that you can hear. But it also tells me the Lachazar Behuda, Bidiyevet, that if you didn't say it loud, you're still Yotze. And that's what the Gemara gives, La Alacha. So again, the Chatrila, one should go ahead and say it loud. Kamash Malan, that watch, Alacha Rabbi Yehuda, Shavar Mishim Allah Zabin Azariah, Vyashminan, Halacha Rabbi Yehuda, Shavar Mishim Allah Zabin Azariah, Vyashminan, Tsarach, Vain Latakana, Kamash Malan, Halacha Rabbi Yehuda, that again, the bottom line is that Lechatrila, one should say Shema out loud. Bidiyevet, like Rabbi Huda, if you didn't say it out loud, you are still Yotze. All right, let's come up for air and catch our breath. So, I want to discuss now a very, very practical topic, an important topic that affects uh, the th- three of the favorite times of our year, and that is the concept of Megillah and women. We discussed a little bit last week about the obligation of children, and we spoke about Chinuch. What is the obligation of Chinuch? Does it fall on the child? Is it only on the father? The Ramban says the Chinuch obligation is only on the father, never comes onto the child. 
the other, many Mishonim hold that it's on the child. Is it just to teach the child muscle memory, or is it actually that he's like a little little adult? He's chayiv to all this, the, the details of the mitzvah that we discussed last week. Now I want to discuss with you what is the role of women and Megillah. So there's a very very famous three famous Gemaras authored by Reb Shua ben Levi. Gemara number one is Megillah Daf Dalad that says I'm Reb Shua ben Levi. Nashim chayavos b'mikra megillah. Nashim are obligated mikra megillah. Sha'afhein hayub oso So mitzvah number one that women are obligated in is because of this concept. We'll see what it means. Afhein hayub oso That even women were in the miracle. They're obligated in megillah. Next one is Shabbos. Chav gimel. Isha v'day madlika. So women have to go ahead and light neiros Hanukkah, Hanukkah candles. Zama rabbi Yeshua ben Levi nashim chayavot. So he uses the same thing. Even women were included in the mace of Hanukkah. So that's number two. So the first one they're obligated in is Mikra Megillah because of Yeshua and Levi's statement. Yeshua and Levi says also by Hanukkah. And the third place in Pesachim, Daf Kufchas. So three different things. The Chayv and Dalad Kosos. The Chayv in Ner Hanukkah and the Chayv in Mikra Megillah. We discussed very briefly last week, by the way, that the, it's interesting <clears throat> that uh, the, the Sefer's name is Megillah Sefer, written by Rabbi David Oppenheim, who says that in Nusso, in, by the, um, by the, uh, by the Sota, when it says, Va'ansa Isha Va'amra, Amen, Amen, she's taking, she agrees, Amen, that she's taking upon herself, Amen, Amen stands for Arba Kosos, Mem is Mikra Megillah, Ner, Nun is Ner Hanukkah. It says, Amen, Amen, it's a, it's a rem, as he says, to the three mitzvahs that women are obligated and they're taking upon themselves. In any event. <clears throat> but there were also... Different connotation, there's no question. He says it's a, it's a hint, 100%. It has nothing to do with these three mitzvahs. You're 100% correct, Shlomo. He just said, it's the one time that the woman says, V'ansa Amen, that she's a taking upon herself these, these three mitzvahs. You're 100% right. That's not the literal meaning. There's no question. But it says, Shen <clears throat> But we, there were also... Involved in all other aspects as well. Oh, so let's see. So, what, what does it actually mean? Before we get into this, the applications, what does it mean? Afhein hayibosonis. This is a very, very well-known machlokas. What does it mean? This concept afhein hayibosonis that women were also included in the nes. So, Tosfos brings down Megillah Daf Dalad, where this Gemara is found. The first Gemara, Rabbi Shuban Levi says, women are obligated mikra Megillah shafhein hayibosonis. So, what is the? What's the first time in Shas? Actually, Shabbos is before that, but. So what, what does it say? It says, Tosos brings down, Perish Rashbam, She'ikr Hanes Haya Al Yodan. The Rashbam, who is the grandson of Rashi, explains when it says, Afhein Hayib Hanes, it means that the miracle occurred specifically because of the women. Maybe in Purim, but not in uh, Hanukkah. One second. Oh, he disagrees, the Rashbam. One second. I think his history is better than yours. I'll tell you why. <laughs> his, his recollection of Jewish history. She'ikr Hanes Haya Ayyidei Yodan, B'Purim Ayyidei Esther, the Chanukah al Yudei Yehudis, and by Pesach you forgot about Yehudis, and Pesach Shebeschutzit Kaniyos Shebeosu Ador Negalos because of the righteous women who were giving birth to six children under duress and went ahead and they and they uh, because of them we were zochet to the miracle says the Rashbam that's why they're included in the miracles because of Yehudis by by Hanukkah, because of Esther, and because of the Nashim Tzidkanios that went ahead and despite the fact that they knew their children would, had a risk of being thrown into the Nile, continued to go ahead and get pregnant, give birth, so on and so forth. The Tosos doesn't like this. He says, if that's the case, 
What is the case word af hein hayu ba'osuanes? What does af suggest? Even, even them, even them. That they were more peripheral than the, than the center. Right. Tosa says, if according to you, she's saying, hein hayu ba'osuanes. Af hein means even they were included. Seems to suggest, says Tosfos, that they were tangential. They were peripheral. Not peripheral in general, but for these miracles. If they took center stage, Tosfos says it shouldn't have a lotion of af hein hayu ba'osuanes. In other words, it happened to be that they were there at the, at the same time. Amen. Yes, so Tosfos doesn't like that. So Tosfos says... I also don't like it. <laughs> you could take that up personally with the Rosh Mom. I, I wouldn't necessarily take that in battle on, but... Okay, so Tosfos says... Vikasha, the Lashon Sha'af hain Mashon Shain Tfelos. The Lashon of Af suggests that they're more peripheral. Well, the Perusho Hayolomar Shahain Hayibosone. So Tosos doesn't like it. The Kach near release says Tosos. Sha'af hain Hayubisofek de la Hashmin Laharog. When it comes to Purim, they too were included in the Gezerah of being destroyed. Meaning we were all in the same boat. They always say, Yemach Shemo, Hitler didn't differentiate whether you were reform, conservative, Yid was a Yid, or Orthodox. So too, Haman was grouped all the Yidin together. Whether you're a child, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, it didn't matter. So all of us were in the same Gezerah, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved all of us. So they were included in, this, in the miracle. When it comes to Pesach, Shayim Yishubalos, the Parmen Swaim. So they were enslaved, just like we were enslaved. And by Hanukkah, the Gezerah was also on them. So therefore, Tosfos and Rashi subscribes to this, that he says even the Nashim were, were in the, uh, the Gezerah of Haman, and therefore it says, Lahashmi, Laharul Abid, Minar, Be'adzokin, Tafinashim, says Rashi. So Rashi and Tosfos seem to say, Afein, Abbasanes, the reason, the impetus, the genesis for this halacha of Rabbi Hushub and Levi was because women were in the same boat, just like it applies to us, it applies to them, and therefore there's room to say that we're on the same playing level. So, so then why do we have to say that even women, the women are mechoyev? Should be automatic. Oh, great question. But what do we know normally that women are obligated from all mitzvos aseishas man grama, all positive time bound mitzvos? And since all they're not chayiv in shofar minatora, they're not they're not chayiv in lolav, they're not chayiv in 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 tzitzis, in sukkah and tefillin. All these tefillin also is gufnaki, but anything that has to do with the mitzvos man grama, women are pturos from. So we can get to your thought in a second, Yossi, because it's going to come back. So that's where we are right now. Now the Gemara says in Erechin Daf Daf Beis, it says Hakol Chayovin b'Mikra Megillah. Everyone is obligated in Mikra in reciting the Megillah. What does it come to include? Lasuye Nashim comes to include women because, as Yeshua and Levi says, Nashim Chayovos b'Mikra Megillah Shafein Abiyosanes. So we see now that women are obligated, and what is it? What does the Rashi say there? That they're obligated in Mikra Megillah, and they can even exempt or discharge. The obligation of men. Says Rashi, based on this Gemara, when it comes to Akok Sher Likros Megillah, that even women can come to read the Megillah. Now, I don't think we've had anyone on BRS from the female persuasion reading on the Bima. Question is why? If the Gemara says that anyone, presumably, were on the same level, we are only obligated Midrabanan. Yes? Because the whole institution of Purim is only Midrabanan. So we're only obligated, when I say we, men, are only obligated Midrabanan. We just established that women are also obligated to Midrabanan. They were on the same playing field. We know the Gemara we discussed many times. Gemara Rashanadav Chavtes says that in order for me to discharge Ayal's obligation, people have to, we have to be on the same playing level. Now, even if I fulfilled my mitzvah already, Yatsa Motzi, sometimes you can go ahead and do, redo the mitzvah 
just like Rabbi Sugarman will go ahead and repeat the tekios on shofar, even though you're already, uh, after Davin was shot, for those who have not heard, even if you already fulfilled it, because you have an obligation, as long as not everyone has fulfilled their obligation, we say because of our ravos, that we have to go ahead and make sure to fulfill everyone's obligation until then we don't discharge our own obligation. But the bottom line is you still have to be initially on the same playing, le- playing level. So if women are only chayv midrabanon and men are only chayv midrabanon, and the Gemara seems everyone can read Megillah, even women, says Rashi, says the Gemara, and therefore Rashi says that women can discharge a man's obligation. Women can be motzi a man. Why is that not the case? So, there's a Tosfos here. So let's see. Tosfos says as follows in Megillah. He says, he agrees that when the Gemara says that Nashim Chayavos and Mikra Megillah, that they should be able to go ahead and discharge the man's obligation. Tosfos makes three points. I'll just tell you outside. Tosfos says... <clears throat> Had the Gemara said Lishmoa called so far, right? The Chayev Mikra Megillah, the Chayev to read. What does to read suggest? That would mean that they can even read for us. If it said that women are obligated to hear, then I would say that women cannot go ahead and discharge the man's obligation. But since the Lashon is Hakol Chayavin Bimikra Megillah, what does that suggest? That if women are obligated in reciting it, that they should be able to recite it. So that's the first thing he says. Now, so he agrees that it should be that women should be able to go ahead and read for a man. The problem is, <clears throat> there's a Gemara that says a tumtum and an androgynous cannot read. A tumtum is someone who is his sexual, um, uh, what we call phenotype, his outward characteristics are, he, it's not clear if he's a male or a, or a female. So he, the Gemara there says that um, a tumtum, we're not sure if it's a man or a woman, can never discharge anyone else's obligation because it could be that he is a, he or she is a, ma- a woman and then the person they're reading for would be a man, therefore you can't. The Gemara also continues, an andro- androgynous, or hermaphrodite, someone who has, who's androgynous, who has both characteristics, can only fulfill, discharge the obligation of another hermaphrodite, androgynous, but can never go ahead and fulfill the obligation of a non-androgynous. And the implication is because that might be a woman who's discharging a man's obligation. That's what the Gemara says. So if, a herma- if an androgynous cannot go ahead and fulfill a non-androgynous obligation, because it might be a woman who was reading for a man, then certainly if we know for sure that it's a woman, it can't discharge a man's obligation. So that's what Tosos brings a question on this. If the Gemara seems to say here, implied that a woman can discharge a man's obligation by Megillah. But there's another Brysa that says that an androgynous cannot fulfill a non-androgynous. What would be the problem? Because if that person is a woman and he'd be reading for a man, it can't happen. So Tosa says, based on this, obviously, if a woman, this would suggest that a woman cannot be. You can tell me an androgynous is a Suffolk man, Suffolk woman can't be Motsi a man, and certainly a Vadai woman can't be motzi a man. So from here, Tosa says it's a problem, and in fact, the Bahag, the Baal Lachas Gadol, says a very, very famous shita, which is we can discuss now, women cannot be motzi a man for Megillah. The question is, we just saw in the Gemara, that seems to suggest that a woman can. The Baal Lachas Gadol didn't know the Gemara, of course he knew the Gemara. So this is a problem. Now, <clears throat> what's interesting, so... Clearly, clearly, we have to understand when the Gemara says that a woman is, um, is Chayav, how is the Bahag going to understand that? You know what the Bahag says? 
that a woman can read for another woman, woman but not that can read for man. But let, let's just see how this plays out. So before we get to this, we discussed last week that there's a Turei Evan who says that the Megillah was written Baruch HaKodesh. Remember we saw a few psukim in Megillah's Esther that we know Hashem had to write Megillah's Esther. It says, Vayomer Haman Bilibo. Haman said in his heart. How do we know what Haman said in his heart? It must be that it was authored with Ruach HaKodesh. It also says that Matzachin Be'inav, that Esther found favor in everyone's eyes. Who took a poll? How do we know what everyone thought, what public consensus, what public opinion was of Esther? It must be that Hashem infused the author, Mordechai, with Esther, when they wrote Megillah's Esther with Ruach HaKodesh. Says the Turei Evan, once something is written through Ruach HaKodesh, it's no longer the Rabbanan, it's a Ke'en Daraisa. What does it mean Ke'en Daraisa? In the Megillah's mm-hmm. Esther, that's where we learn the four obligations of the day. It says in the last parak that we have four mitzvahs of the day. It says we have Megillah, it says we have Mishalach Manos, we have Matanos Yonim, and we have Mishta, Mishta and Simcha, which is Seuda. The obligation of the four mitzvahs Hayom of Purim are authored by, to a certain extent, Kadosh Baruch Hu. It has, it has Nevoah. So therefore, it's on a high, the, our obligation of reading the Megillah, says the Turei Evan, who was the author of the Shagas Arya, says, our level is on a Ke'en Daraisa. It's not a full Durabanan, because it has Ruach HaKodesh, which means that it was really somewhat divinely authored. On the other end, it's not a Daraisa, it's in between. But therefore, it basically means that women and men are not on the same level. Women are never Chayev, in this case, beyond a, a Durabanan in this case, but men have that obligation to even Ke'en Daraisa, so since it's not in the same playing field, women cannot discharge the man's obligation. Another possible... And, and, and <clears throat> is what... Kinder is a higher than the Rabbana. But, 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 but that's what categorizes mm-hmm. the, the male obligation. You're exactly correct. Kinder means it's like a Daraisa. It's not a full-fledged Daraisa. It's not the Chamisha Chum Torah. But it's a higher level. Yeah, because Hashem infused it. In other words, we, we know that there's many, many um, Tanarim in, in the Megillah, in, in, in Masachas Megillah, says that it had to be written Baruch HaKodesh. I'm just telling you too, Pesukim. But they bring many possibilities to show, or sources to show that it couldn't be authored by, by human. It had to have some divine inspiration because how the heck can we know what Haman was thinking? And how do we know what the popular consensus was about Esther? It must be that Hashem gave them the knowledge when to write it, which also means that Hashem was maskim or agreed to the four mitzvahs of the day. Which is, which is our obligation. Women are not chayv on a higher level than the Rabbana in this case. Men are, and therefore they're not on the same playing field. There's another interesting thing, by the way. The Or Samech says, we have a mitzvah of remembering Amalek, Zechiras Amalek, and also erasing Amalek, Mechias Amalek. Are women obligated in that? So it's a whole machlokas whether women are obligated in Zechira, Mechia, Mechias Amalek, eradicating Amalek, women are probably not obligated for. Women didn't go to war. Some that they went for a Melchemist Mitzvah, but in general, women are not obligated to, to erase Amalek. Zechira, maybe, but not. So the Pasuk says in Shmos, it says, Write this as a memory in the Sefer. I will erase the name of Amalek, says Hashem. Says the Or Sameach. He says that women are allowed to go ahead and read, uh, read Megillah, Baal There's no Indian that they have to read it from Mitoch from within a st- structure of the cloth. 
men, because of this pasuk, when it comes to Mechias Amalek, which we know, where was Haman from? Mizera Amalek. Amalek. So our, when we go ahead and we read Megillah, Esther, we're really fulfilling this obligation. Ketov Zos, Zikaron B'Sefer. It has to be written out of, written and read from a Sefer. That obligation only falls on a man. So our obligation, says the Orsamech, is different. A man's obligation, he has to read it from the cloth. The women can say it Balpeh. So women, their obligation is inherently different. Therefore, a woman couldn't go ahead and read it for a man. What's interesting, by the way, that all this is trying to explain the sheet of Bahag. We'll give a few more examples. This next one is, is a little bit of a tangent within a tangent. It's amazing, but it's very important to know. But what's interesting to know is that how many times are we obligated to read the Megillah on Purim? Twice. 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 Which is the Ikar? By day. By day. <laughs> at n- that's when our Chiyav from the Megillah is really at day, not at night. So both of these opinions, the Turayevin and the Or Samech, would agree that at night, you could. a woman can read for a man. Mm-hmm. Our obligation that's stemming from the Pasuk, to remember, read, remember the mitzvah of eradicating Amalek from, the, from a Ksa, from a written document, from a cloth, or reading it from the, the Chiyuv in the, in, the, uh, in the Megillah, it's talking about the day. That's when the Turayevin would say it's Cain Daraisa. But at night, it's the Rabbanon. So even the Bahag, they say, would agree that at night, we can go ahead. I think we should have a meeting with Rabbi Goldberg. And maybe we should start a new, uh, uh, you know, a, a new push to go ahead and have the women read Friday night. Uh, at night. Women of the Wall, yeah. There's a different problem we'll get to. Magana Ram says it's not, uh, it's not Sneel, so we'll get to that in a little bit. There's an fi- amazing Gemara. We have to discuss this Gemara before we continue tomorrow. Oh, that's a, great. It falls on the Sneel, correct. So now... Well, she's not singing, she's... No, she, she's it's, 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 it's... I would hope she's singing the, uh, the trop. Now, <clears throat> the cover of Tibor is a problem, yeah. yeah whatever, whatever, that means. whatever that means, correct. It might mean what Alan suggests, it might mean Sneos, so on and so forth. But the Magen Avram says, for that reason, we don't. Even though, theoretically, it could be, for that reason, we don't. So now, this is a Gemara and Megillah. Listen to this Gemara. This is absolutely fantastic Gemara. We'll pick up with her after this tomorrow. The Gemara says as follows, in Megillah Daf Yudalit, a critically important Gemara. Gemara says... Amar Rabbi Chiyabar Avin, Amar Rabbi Shubin Levi, Ben Karcha. It says, Umame Avdus Lechayra Samrin An Shira, Misa Lechayim Lokol Shekain. Listen to this Gemara. The Gemara says, On Pesach, do we say Halal? Yes. Why? It's a miracle. What was the miracle? We were emancipated from slavery. So the Gemara says, Madach, you tell me from Avdus Lechayras. We were physically enslaved and we went to freedom. We say Hallel. Then what's the obvious question by Purim? We We went from on the verge, the brink of death to being saved. Of course you should say Hallel. The Gemara makes the Kalva Homer. Kalva Homer, by the way, is one of the Yud Gimel Midos Atarajit Rosh's band. Kalva Homer has the status of a Daraisa, just so you should know. It has the, the strength, the teeth of a Torah obligation or a Torah law. So the Gemara says a, a great Kasha. If you're going to tell me on Pesach, we say Hallel because we were just freed from slavery, when we were freed from annihilation, when the whole um, Am Yisrael was going to be annihilated and eradicated because of the Gezer of Haman, and we were saved, of course we should be saying Hallel. But we don't say Hallel. Why not? That's the Gemara's question. Everyone get it? Why don't we say Hallel? Oh, good. Good. So that's one of three answers. The first answer is excellent, Rebbe Lazer. So the first one says as follows. The Gemara says, you know why? 
because it happened outside of Mitzrayim. We, outside of Eretz Yisrael. The first one, when we left Mitzrayim, Pesach, was before we entered Eretz Yisrael. Once we entered Eretz Yisrael, only Nisim that occurred on our homeland does warrants the recitation of Halal. But this was before, this was before, Nisias Mitzrayim was before we, we, we entered Eretz Yisrael. But Purim was already after. Purim already was after we entered Eretz Yisrael, and therefore we don't go ahead and say halal. That's answer number one. Answer number two, says Rav Nachman. You know what Rav Nachman says? Kriyasa Zuhilila. This is a huge topic. We'll start tomorrow. The reading of the Megillah is the halal. The reading of the Megillah is the halal. So we're going to have to see what that means. Is it actually halal, or does it cause us to go ahead and say Tishbachos, Shiros, Tishbachos, and Kilos? Does it go ahead and cause us to go ahead and praise, or is it the halal itself? We'll get to that tomorrow. And the third answer is what Lazar said, and Rava says as follows. Rava says, Bishla Mahasam, I understand over there by Pesach, it says, Haluavde Hashem, Vloavde Paro. It said after, praise, give joy to the, to the Avadim of Hashem, us, because we were freed, and not to Avde Paro. But the problem with Purim was, we were saved from death. But who were we still? Under the, under, the, under the rulership of Achashverosh. We couldn't say that we were slaves to Hashem. We still had a, unfortunately, we're still under his, his reign. So the difference is, Akate Avde Achashverosh, we was not a full emancipation. Granted, we were saved from death. But by Pesach, it was a full emancipation. Kashmach says, I freed you to go ahead and worship me on this mountain, on Har Sinai. But so it was a full emancipation. We traded in Pyro and we leveled up to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Here we were saved from death, but we weren't true Avodim yet of Hashem. We're still Avde Achashverosh. There's a lot. We have a whole thing to say about this tomorrow. We're, we'll stop here. This is a stopping point. We'll pick up with this Gemara tomorrow. We're not going to be probably doing much Gemara tomorrow. There's a lot to talk about. Um, and then we'll pick up tomorrow, Mitzvah Hashem. Have a wonderful day. Okay.